0: chose hope and unity, decency, science, and yes, truth. You chose Joe Biden as the next president of the United States Hi, welcome to Outrageous, a podcast where we talk about race, media, culture, politics, and everything in between. My name is Chris. I'm in New York City, and I'm joined by my very best friends, Trisha in LA. Hello. And Jason in D.C. Hey. And today we are joined by Vice President-elect Kamala Harris. Seven <laughs> or No, I'm kidding. Wouldn't that be cool, though? Hi, everybody welcome to a brand new world so congratulations we did it we did it i'm thrilled you too yeah i'm very
1: happy you sounded jason <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> that was my no that was my true peaceful answer i'm very happy that Doing was so. you're hearing all the yeah exactly you're hearing all the anxiety has dissipated this is
0: our special episode. We are doing this literally right before you were listening to this because we waited, we wanted to wait till we had all the news. And now we have all the news. Joe Biden will be the 46th president of the United States of America. And so we're going to chat really quickly about it. So I want to know where you were when you found out what your reaction was. What was your deal, uh,
2: Tricia? It was midday Saturday, right? It's so uh, weird. For you, you know, it was
0: early Saturday. Yeah,
2: you know, it's so funny because the whole thing has just been a blur, right? Like it's just been a series of waiting, 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 waiting. (laughs) And then I think I was texting with a few people that morning and I was like, you know, I'm on Twitter. And so a few people were talking about how it was getting, it was getting weird that we were waiting so long to call it. Like under normal circumstances, we'd be calling it. And so I was getting uncomfortable with the long wait. And then after I a couple of email exchanges about that half an hour later, my mom texts me, cause that's how I get all the important news. <laughs> mom texts me and says, mom texts me and says, president elect Biden. And then of course, because we're Jamaicans the Pamela <laughs> thing is all the rage. Of course. <laughs> of course. And so I got it from my mom via text to, my, to both myself and my sister.
1: So Jason, how'd you hear? Well, the, my first indication was the text from you, Chris. <laughs> and yesterday was, it was actually a really busy day. Like my parents were in town and my son had a play date. There was like a lot of and I went grocery shopping. There was like a lot going on. So I felt like throughout the day I was getting snippets about how this happened and that kind of thing. And what was cool was that, uh, I'm sorry, my daughter had a play date. I was taking my daughter to her play date in DC. And as we got into the city, like, people are honking like crazy. And my parents were in the car and they're like, what, what's going on? Like, what are you like driving poorly or something? I was like, no, no, they're excited. And just like the the jubilation was just palpable. Yeah. I remember we, we passed this one corner where there was a woman, she had like, I don't know, I think there were two metal trash can lids and she was just banging them again and again and again. Sure. I dropped my daughter off, drove back and the woman was in the same place, big smile, just banging the trash can lid, just banging them like it was just like such such jubilation it it was it was pretty cool it was pretty cool
0: i was on my way to go shopping i had to pick something up um and walking on the street and my cousin calls me and she's like he won he won and i was like what what are you talking about as she's talking i'm like scrolling through my phone nothing on new york times nothing on she's like if you just google election results it comes up i'm like i don't know where that i was like first of all internet literacy. I don't know where that data is coming from. Like, I'll just, I'll, I was like, what do you mean he won? I, New York times is not saying anything. And she's like, he won, he won. And I hear in the background cause she's in Atlanta, the city's going crazy. So I was yeah. like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. So I kept refreshing, refreshing, like, you know I've been doing for the past three days. And finally New York times, you know, Biden beats Trump. And I was like, I got to the store And they were like, oh, hi, Chris, you're here to pick this up? And I was like in a daze. No, the woman said, how are you? And I said, no one's asked me that in the last half hour. I'm really good, (laughs) really, really really good. She's like, oh, you're here to pick this up? I was like, yeah. I was like, but I'm feeling really good. I'm gonna buy all this shit. went nuts I spent I spent a lot of money in that sport I was like I'm gonna take
1: this see Biden's Uh, good for the economy come on he'll do fine
0: yeah she was she was like oh my god this is a great day for me too I was like we're all winning today (laughs) 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 so it was and then of course like in New York like I was I was in Midtown and then people are honking the horns and people are dancing the streets and it was Crazy. I mean, it was also crazy because the backdrop of that was like the Empire State Building, the entire first floor was like boarded up. Um, Most of 34th Street was deserted. Like they were ready for the worst. And then I was thinking, why were they boarding up New York? They thought maybe if Trump won, we were going to destroy the city.
2: I know. I, right. I mean,
0: I was like, I don't see any case where New Yorkers were going to destroy Midtown. I just didn't see that happening. I guess everyone is shell shocked from the summer, but um, okay. So now we have a new president-elect and a new vice president-elect. Did you both see their speeches? I
1: watched, um, no. No, Jason, please tell me you watched them. So my daughter and I were in the car. We listened to all of Kamala Harris's speech and a good part of Joe Biden's speech. We missed a little bit.
0: I mean, I, I liked Joe Biden fine. Kamala Harris's speech. I don't know how she got through it because like, I was like, this is the defining moment. Not just for the nation, but for your career.
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was incredible. It's easy to find. It was YouTube so soothing. It.
2: I feel like listening to her, she's you kind of cool. just feel like everything's gonna be all right. now. she's so I experienced the speeches third hand. I was speech, you know because let's be honest, I'm gonna tell you this right now. Let me just make a confession. I'm not a speech yeah. person, mm-hmm. um, and so uh, they don't do anything for me. And so yeah. I I was watching them via. Uh, Twitter and people's reaction to Twitter and the key things that people were saying on Twitter were these full sentences um presidential and calm yeah and this is how presidents have spoken my entire life and and then I think one of uh, a, a sociologist I follow <laughs> my fame was saying something like how um, I think Kamala was leading in, leaning into the representational quality mm-hmm. of this, this moment for her, sure, yeah. um, which I think is interesting. And so I was like, oh, cool. I guess I should watch it later. And then I only have really spent time watching The Walk-On um, with Work That from Mary J. Blige I really like that. Like, that's the part of it that I really like from Kamala was like, I don't, I like the narrative that Mary J. Blige is telling me mm-hmm. and the walking on with the suit and yes. all of the things. Just, it, was,
0: it was really phenomenal to watch adults speak about the nation and the future. Uh, it was really soothing and
1: wonderful. So, you, you know, can I just say, but sure. Biden's speech, I've, I, I felt like, he, I don't think he said one thing that he hasn't said before, like from a campaign speech that's or something. Fine. It seemed like just, no, I totally agree. Like it sounded like that. And I was like, I am fine with that. If he is good on policy and wants to say the same things over and over, like, cause I kind of agree with you, Tricia, like typically, like I don't care that much about speeches. I really, I was with my daughter. I really wanted to listen to these. Obviously they're historic. Um, but yeah, I'm fine. Like if the speeches don't say anything and they're just doing a good job, like that's fine with me.
2: Yeah, I want to return to that. I want to return yeah. to the period. The by speeches which,
1: being boring?
2: Well, like, by which speeches are just like background for me? Like, yeah. I, like, I just, we've just been so under the assault of speeches that have nothing to do with us. Like nothing to and do nonsense. with the quality of our lives. Nothing and to do nonsense. with what yeah. we feel. It's just like, I do not want to really have to deal with the trauma of someone who just doesn't care about us. Mm. And so to the g- degree that in some ways, they both fade into the background a little bit, which sounds odd. That's what I want. I want to return to you Mm -hmm. all doing your jobs. Yep. Almost like, and I mean, I don't want to say it in a, um, in a parental fashion, but you know, it's like when you want your parents to do what they're supposed to do. And then, so you can go on with your life and do Mm -hmm. what you need to do. I want you to take your role seriously, do it well, be excellent. Exactly. And I don't want to be traumatized as you go about it. Well, it's four
0: years of like, it's been four years of having someone like try to shock with his speeches and try to yeah, get every people day. riled up and upset people every, like, day. every single day, just figuring out how can I rile up people? How can I own the libs? And it's just nice to not have to gird yourself and brace yourself for a politician speaking. Um, let's talk about uh, President Trump. Uh, I want to say, well, this is the question I have for you too and then I'm gonna answer it. Um, what to do with President Trump. And I mean that both in the next two months and also I mean with his legacy. I wanna say, and I realized this um, because the media especially was doing a really good job of this yesterday, just not mentioning Trump at all. And I was like, wow, do you know what? If I never heard about him again, I'd be fine. Like if I, I know I'm not certain that I care. how he leaves the white house if he wants to leave the white house like i'm i'm done thinking about any of that like it's just moving forward um i think that he's going to make life hellish for people for the next two months i remember reading that when nixon resigned in the interregnum between him and ford like he made some very he was drinking heavily and people were very worried Uh, because at one point he said something like, you know, I can go in my office and make a phone call and like 25 million people can be dead. Um, I worry about that for Trump. Um, And as far as his legacy, I think that, I think it's going to recede into the trash heap of history, honestly. Or, Trisha, you are disagreeing.
2: I mean, I don't actually want that. Like I want, um, you know, just like how people said we were not going to get a repudiation by the numbers, um, and the big question from folks like Andrew Yang and others were, "What are we going to do about the sixty-eight plus million people who voted for him?" I and then I, you know, and then helpfully I read um, AOC's piece in the New York Times, and um, a few others, and I actually think that her larger point about the fact that we have to reckon with 68 million people, not from centering them, but asking really deep questions about what are we gonna do here as a community? Like less about him and more about what are the needs that he was fulfilling for people that we have access to talking about um, and that we can control for. Like I can't control for their personal grievances and any of those aspects of it. Like that, that's not something I'm willing to even um, dredge through But I wanna talk about the loss of community. I wanna talk about the lack of care. I wanna talk about um, a sense of shared um, stake in American democracy and what that looks like. I want us to figure out if that's even possible. And that's kind of what I want to take from his legacy, less about who he is, because so much of his presidency was about who he was and who he was serving and who those people were and very sort of individual. I mean, I think he rode a wave of, of, of sentiment that allowed him to manipulate people's desires and all of those things for his own ends, which whatever, I don't wanna think about that too much because that's just his. But I do think we're left with the other people, right? We're left with the 55% of white women who double down. We're left with the growth of, um, of um, voting by, in terms of percentage from like black men and Latino men. And we're left with a lot of these plays. And we also are left with kind of the number of young white youth, I mean youth, who voted for him because people have always been promises that these things are going to die out. And Mm -hmm. we're seeing that there's no dying out of this. And so for me, that's really the question I want to take away from this is not what do we do with people who voted for Trump because we have to sue them, but much more like, what are we going to do about this? Mm -hmm. What are we going to do about the fact that we really have different visions of what this world is going to be and should be? Mm -hmm. And that's what I want. I want someone who could speak to that. Like yeah. I want a revisiting of the feminist movement for white women and for them to talk about that and unpack that a little bit. Wait, wait, I want... wait
0: before you go any further. Yeah, there, so that's it. Jason, um, Trump, your former oh. boss, what do you want to do with him?
2: <laughs> your former boss, <laughs>
1: burn. I mean, I have a lot, I, I don't know the answers. I have some big concerns. First of all, I think it is very imag- imaginable that he runs in 2024. And he, you know, he did not lose by a lot. And so when I think about this group, like Trisha, I, what you said resonates a lot with me. And this is not wholly separate from that, from, but politically speaking, and I know like it, it even feels icky as I say this, say this, but like there's gotta be some effort to win some of Trump's, some of the people who voted for Trump, let's say, uh, away from him. Um, because he would, and he's, I just think he's, he's so sneaky and good at this kind of thing. If Biden does poorly, he's got a great thing to run on. If Biden does well, he can run against the other Republicans who will run, want to run for president. And if, you know, 2016 is any uh, indication, he will run circles around them and make them look like idiots. So he, that really, really worries me. And, and, you know, I, I don't have to say this like Biden and Harris are, leading at an extremely difficult time and the chances of them being super popular and the economy being strong, nothing against them. I mean, they've got a lot stacked against them. That really worries me. The other thing I'll say, which relates to that, I think a big question, I mean, I was going to say we have to face none of the three of us are in a decision-making position about this, but is, is, is whether to prosecute him and how far I think he's probably guilty of lots of crimes. I think he used the, the, the um, justification again and again as did the Department of Justice that you can't try a sitting president for a lot of this stuff. Now he can be tried for a lot of that stuff. Now we have kind of a history in our country where we don't really hold people accountable after they've been president. I think that's been pretty consistent. And here again, I could argue it either way. Part of me is like, look, he broke the law. He should be prosecuted. And who knows, maybe he you know, becomes impossible for him to run for president again. Part of me is like, You know what, he could win a lot of sympathy if people are going after him. And if he's able to gum up the system and lawyer up, which he's been good at his whole life, and not be held accountable, does that become yet another platform he runs on? So those are the things, when I hear your question, Chris, I know I'm answering it very differently from what Trisha did. Those are the things that worry the hell out of me. I want to talk
0: more, not right now, but I want to talk more about Trump's electability, something I've thought about. And I, I have definite ideas that I want to throw in front of you, like, questions, but w- we'll save that for another time. But in moving forward, and moving forward, I want to say, like, when everything went down on Saturday, you know, people were very excited. And then people took to social media to be like, this isn't a win. There's still racism. There's still misogyny. And I was like, you know what, everyone? Just let – just let some sunlight into your life. Like, give it take, take the win. Like, take, take this the win. win. It's and not was, a winning everything, but take the but win. No one said that. And it, it's kind of like what you said, Tricia. Like, it's sort of tangential to what you said in that we have this way of structuring people and in, in ideas and thoughts and battles, like, as sort of like good versus evil, like, very binary. I'm like, yeah, I know that systemic racism isn't over, but. It is definitely a win to have a president who says the word systemic racism versus someone who says it doesn't exist. I'm not saying it's gonna make the the going, it's not gonna make it easy, but it would certainly be easier here. Like people who are like immediately trying to like just shoot people down. I was like, okay, I, I get it. Also, you know, I can't imagine you're fun at parties. But um, what I wanna talk about is is that sentiment. Like what, I am well aware how excited I am this weekend. I am well aware that the work begins anew tomorrow morning. What do we need to hold Biden and Harris accountable for or accountable to? Um, To be honest, didn't make a lot of shocking or progressive comments or promises during their campaign, right? So how do we as Democrats, uh, as Americans, hold them accountable? What do you think we need to look out for, Trish?
2: Um, so I think, you know, to Jason's point about what happens with Trump, I think there's a little bit of um, accountability. I think accountability for institutional failure. So rather than make it be about the individual per se, let's talk about some systems that fail, some checks and balances that failed, and really shore those up. So that's in preparation for 2022 and 2024. You're talking,
0: are you referencing like governmental things that we? I'm
2: talking we're about governmental like, things. for are like, oh,
0: everyone does this. this, but turns out you don't have to.
2: You don't have to, you know, really lock those things down. Lock those things that are um, that were just habits. If they if they're meant to be real, don't make them habits.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Make them a part of the expectation of the office. Um, some of the way, some of the things that AG Barr did let's unpack some of that and let's talk about how we make some structural changes so i think you know some of the things that i think that trump has done was reveal what were habits and versus what were actually um expected ways of um conducting one's business. rules
0: actual rules. rules
2: right really so i actually think let's you know one thing kamala strength right let's let's tighten up some of these legislative holes let's do uh, some of can that. i just say but how i
1: i i don't disagree trisha but If the Republicans hold the Senate, which it looks extremely likely, and the Dems have a narrower majority in the House, I think, I mean, I am all for everything you're saying. I have no optimism that that can be done in the next couple of years.
2: Listen, one of the things that you can do is, and this is something we talked about with Obama, that Obama might've failed to do, is you have a lot of leverage in the office of the president. And what you need to do is shore that up. So Trump swung the country very far to the right. If you think that you're have a, you going to have faced really difficult challenges in 2022 and 2024, then go hard to the left. Go hard to the left so you land a little bit in the middle. Yeah, like the don't,
0: Republicans will correct you to the-
2: Yeah, middle. don't lead from a center position. Go very far to the left is my expectation, such that you swing yourself a little bit to the center and give yourself some more margin. Mm-hmm. Use some of the leverages that you have within the office of the presidency in that first 100 days. Like, the yeah, thing is though- don't have to run through Congress. Shipping and I get to the it, left,
0: though, costs... Reverse it. It but costs but, political capital, though, yeah. to shoot far to the left. Because, like, you could lose the
2: country but, if but they... But you know what, you're country. gonna... Let me tell you, as you've said, listen, it's an untenable position. Mm-hmm. So better you go hard for your values than to be safe. Mm-hmm. That is one of the things that I, I think is happening right now, is that we're playing safety. And so the other thing I will say is, based on his speech, African-Americans got you there, show it. I want you to show it in cabinet positions. I want you to show it in policy. I want you to center your most vulnerable population, which are African-Americans and people of color, not just African-Americans, Native Americans, Americans. Arizona. So do some things that those communities want. Reward them for their loyalty. Reward them for holding the country to its democratic tradition or whatever it is that it wants to be. Mm -hmm. So those are the signals that I want. So let's not put cabinet members that are the usual suspects. Do like what our Canadian friends have done. Give us a cabinet of 75% or more women. Mm -hmm. Screw that stuff about like, oh, we need to do this. We need to reach across the house. Listen, this is your moment, take it. Mm -hmm. You may not get another moment. So one of the things I think would be helpful, and this is what's interesting to me is, if Trump gave the right a vision of what was possible, give the left a vision of what's possible such that when it's time for them to vote again, they know what they're voting for. Yeah. Don't reject what the left voted for such that they're confused. The right got what they wanted and people doubled down and voted for Trump in large numbers. Great, because you know what? That's, that tells us what they want and that's fine. Give the left a sense of what's possible mm-hmm. and then let them decide in their votes.
0: Okay, Jason. What do yep. Harris and Biden, whoops, what do Biden and Harris <laughs> need to do? That's not whoops. even a whoops. I know that was that was not planned, go ahead. What do you think, what do they need to do and look out for in this in the, in the
1: early days? I mean, the, so the, the first thing that comes to mind is I think there's a lot of work on climate that they, to your point, Trisha, have the power to do and should do um, and need to do for everyone's survival. So that's where I'd really like to see them move fast. Um, I'm I'm troubled. This is another area. I don't know the answer. I mean, Tricia, there's a lot of tension between the two points you made. On one, you're saying close legislative loopholes. And the other, you're saying exercise an enormous amount of executive power. And I don't know the answer. Like, I struggle with this because- Why don't those work in concert? Because they're the opposite. The legislative, the loopholes, so much of what Trump exploited was the fact that these, so many things aren't laws Mm -hmm. Um, or even the things that are laws, Congress doesn't have the tools or won't use the tools to hold a president accountable to those laws. Now, I know I'm the one that said, and I still feel, unfortunately, I'm not sure how much they can do on that side, given the makeup of the legislature, the likely makeup. On the other side, though, what worries me is, If they're going to take it, you know, we've seen over many decades just a a gradual increase of executive power that's been a through line, like that has not been back and forth. And I think Trump took it to the, the highest level. And so then it's like, well, I think what you last said, Trisha, means them exercising even more executive power. Now, that might be the right answer, I'm not sure it's not, but I don't know, it just worries me. Like, then the next, whether it's Trump or whether it's some other Republican. Um, I just, I don't know, I don't know. I, I struggle with it. I want to see them move quickly I, I on climate. Uh, the other stuff I'm really struggling. With. Oh, I, climate and, and sorry, one other thing, which they do have a lot of influence over not ultimate control, which is, is just like budget taxes, like mm-hmm. just making a progressive tax approach that pays for the things we need and diverts money from the things that we're wasting money on.
0: I, it's funny, I don't see as much of the tension between the closing legislative loopholes You know, the thing about the executive powers is that we can't put that genie back in the bottle. Um, This is how presidents get things done. And I I believe that you know, starting with uh, the younger Bush, executive orders been the way to get things done because the Congress has been so do nothing, especially in Obama's era. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think the answer is, I'm not saying you said this, but reducing the amount of executive orders, I don't know if proves any point, you just get less done. Uh, And I think you can, there's going to have to be a lot of executive orders to fix the country. And at the same time, he could be working with Harris and McConnell. Uh, McConnell and Biden are old friends who have worked together for a very long time. Um, I'm not saying that's necessarily going to be harmonious, but it may not be as antagonistic as people have experienced Democrats and Republicans working together. I don't, whether or not McConnell and McConnell Senate will want to close those legislative loopholes, I think is an open question, but I don't see them to be in as direct conflict as you're drawing. Um, So we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, We are going to wrap up for today and we will have a full episode um, next week, but Real quick, quick hits, can we just quickly um, talk about media recommendations, which is something you've seen, heard, read, or experienced you want other people to
1: see, hear, read, or
0: experience? Uh, Jason.
1: I am recommending Dolomite Is My Name. Uh, Watched it the other day. It was fantastic. It was so good. And the two things I'll say about it, one is one thing I loved, which you rarely see, there was no antagonist. There were there was a way in which many of the systems in place, uh, you know, make things difficult. Um, but there was no like you have sympathy for every character; they're all really likable characters, and it was just a pleasure to watch that. Um, that that's that's one thing, and obviously, I mean, it's very funny, fantastic comedians. Eddie Murphy was was just phenomenal. But the other thing I really liked about it is that. I thought it very clearly showed the difference between what these characters were like and then the characters that they were playing in the movie. This is, it's kind of a movie in a movie. Um, And I say that because in so much in popular culture now, I think you see, you know, people living very lavishly and like a ridiculous amount of kind of promiscuity and just like things that aren't real, but the line between what's real and what's not blurs quite a bit when you watch things like Keeping Up with the Kardashians and things like that. And here, I think, you know, you have this guy and Dolomite is, I mean, this incredible character and his lifestyle is ridiculous. Like no one would actually believe this is like a real person. And so you see Eddie Murphy's character and like, wow, this is like a real person. This is someone you would meet on the street and have dinner with and like understand and enjoy. And then he's playing this ridiculous character that people like. I feel like that gets so blurred today. So those are those are the things I really liked about it. Cool. Trisha.
2: Um, So I, um, this is unfortunately election related. Um, it was all in my brain the weekend. So that's what you're going to get. So I recommend- Mine's election
0: related too. Go for it. I love it. Yeah. Uh,
2: I'm recommending the New York Times opinion piece by um, Tressie McMillan Cotton, Cotton, um, Favorite sociologist, Tressie. And so her piece is called The Danger in White Moderates Setting Biden's Agenda. I thought it was very, very useful to um, take a look at that piece because one of the things I thought was um, a signature point in it is that we need to make the case for government again and um, by working, making government solve people's problems or at least making it better. Yes. um, Shoring up institutions that have faltered and have been eroded. And so I thought that was really interesting and um, worthy of kind of consideration. So that's what I would encourage you to check out the New York Times um, opinion piece. Mm
0: -hmm. Mine is also election related. Well, first of all, please watch Kamala Harris's speech. If you go to YouTube and start typing Kamala, it's gonna come up the first hit, it's phenomenal. Um, Secondly, there was like, first of all, on Instagram, it's the meme apocalypse. Okay. There
2: are <laughs> Too many memes, I'm sure. <laughs> it is
0: meme apocalypse, And I it's meme pocalypse and I'm ready. I'm out in the streets being like, bring them to me. Uh, they're hilarious. I'm having a great time. There was a great short video. Someone has taken the final battle scene from the from Avengers Endgame. And they have put Trump's head oh, yeah. on Thanos. <laughs> and they have Biden as Captain America where the reinforcements arrive. And so like a portal <laughs> opens and out steps instead of Black Panther and, and his lieutenants, it's Obama and Stacey Abrams and Keisha Lance Bottoms, right? And yeah. then like you see other portals open and it's like label like mail-in ballots, like rushing in <laughs> and, they, and <laughs> Andrew Yang is casting spells cause he's Wong. And then like, <laughs> you know, then like Greta, Thunberg shows up for some reason and then like then you see the ghost of John Lewis and RBG and Sean Connery for some reason all as the Guardians of the Galaxy take on <laughs> Trump it's hilarious it was fun I don't know how people the like moments after the yeah. announcement. I don't know how to put it together so fast I'm gonna try to link it I'm not sure it's weird with Instagram stories but I'm gonna try and find it and link it If you're a fan of the Avengers and if you're a fan of villains getting their ass whooped by a coalition of right-thinking people, then uh, yeah, you'll love this. So enjoy. Um, I am so pleased with these results and I cannot wait for the new day to dawn. Uh, There's a lot of hard work, but my God, I just, I just want to see kids get out of cages, reunited with their families. I want trans people to get their jobs back and go into the military, not have to worry about any bullshit. Like, I just really hope these times are over. Um, Or who knows, things could get much, much worse. We'll see. I
2: Um, mean, you know what it is. I I think. I mean, I think to your point when you were saying how. You know, you know that the work isn't done. I think what I really like is the idea that you don't have someone who is obstructing that vision, at least. You know, yeah. that work is going to be on us. It's
1: a good point. The work's hard enough, work's even hard when you have a champion in that like, office. That's true. I, yes.
2: I just want someone who is not going to prevent that vision. You know, I've seen the commercials, I've heard the speeches and all of that. And I know the labor is on us because folks are going to do what they're going to do but I just yeah. didn't want an administration that exactly. actively put out narratives that wasn't inclusive enough. And so if you could just set that ground, one thing I will say, I don't know about you all, but the feeling, the feeling midday yesterday mm-hmm. from people, people had been under stress.
1: Yes, yes. They had
2: been The weight of this, this person and this administration was heavy. And so once you started to see people react to the, to the win and the outcome, I think there was a sense of clarity, at least from folks on the left and whomever, who were like, wow, this, is, this had really been difficult. Do you know? And so yeah. that's why I think folks on the left were like, why would people vote to continue the weight of what we were voting? And, and I think
0: that's, it's really important to point out, like, listen, everybody, Joe Biden was not the perfect candidate. One, we weren't looking for the perfect candidate. Two, we had to stop the bleeding. Mm. Bleeding stopped, great, we can pick up, we can move on. Like, just calm down, calm down. We, guess what, we work, we always work. Like, we're black people. We've always been working to make things better and that doesn't stop whoever's in the White House. We'll have to keep going, but like you said, Trisha, at least there's not someone beating us down. So get ready for a whole new world, everyone. And on that note, Bye.
2: Bye. Bye.